Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast, your go-to source for insights and strategies in the HVAC, plumbing, and roofing industries. I'm Corey Barrier, here to guide you through transformative approaches to business and mindset. Each episode will explore unique methods, focusing on identifying and addressing the core challenges in your field. Our goal is to equip you and your team with practical solutions that foster growth and success. So whether you're tuning in for the first time or you're a longtime listener, get ready to dive into a wealth of knowledge and expertise. Let's begin our journey to success together. This is the successful life. It's Corey Barrier. Yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your turn. To live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, two. Thank you for listening to the Successful Life Podcast. We have no dues or fees, so please refer this podcast to a friend. Make sure you rate, review, and hit the subscribe button. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Barrier, and I am here with Caleb, and I completely forgot your last. No, I didn't. I can't even pronounce it. Fe- What's your last say? Pronounce it for me. Oh, Fire Eisen. Fire Eisen. Okay. So, yeah, that was cha- that was challenging enough that I could, I think I can get away with not being able to pronounce that. So, uh, Caleb uh, was just telling me before the, before we started recording just a, a little bit about his life and his experience with entrepreneurship at an early age. But more importantly, I think um, we're talking about the subconscious mind and uh, how it plays such a, ma- such a massive role in our lives. And I didn't share this earlier, but you know, about 98% of our actions every day are controlled by our subconscious mind. So, you know, we are constantly doing things that we don't think about. It's like when you were 16, right? You got into a car, you checked all the damn mirrors, you checked behind you, you looked to the side. Now you just put the damn car in reverse and go, right? Because you're, it's automatic. You automatically know what to do. You may still do those things, but it's not as pronounced, right? So, um, so Caleb, let's go ahead and, uh, I want to hear about, um, I want to hear about how you grew up. I want to hear about your story with the houses and this dude bought some houses at an early, early age and, and learned a few lessons. So let's hear all about it, brother. Yeah. Well, again, I'll just, uh, trying to cut it down the first time, but I'll, I'll try to do better this this time around and give you the Reader's Digest version, but really started when I was first had gone to university and sort of saw that this was not going to be the path for me, that I was going to be a hustler. You know, I wanted something more out of life. I started reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, a lot of Robert Kiyosaki's information. I had some people around me that were getting into the real estate game uh, with real estate investing. So I thought, yeah, this is great. I mean, I'm, I'm in my, my third year of school. And I don't like this much anymore. I think I'll, I'll, I'll switch and I'll go that way. So 
uh, and I'll, I'll be a millionaire in 90 days. Right. So, uh, purchased my first two rental properties right before my 21st birthday. So here I am, you know, 20 years old and, uh, find myself a landlord and also going to, to school at the same time. So it's kind of a, a very interesting way to go through a school year. Well, uh, also, uh, go ahead and tell everybody that's listening where you went to school your, during grade school. Yeah, so so part of the, the story before that is when I was homeschooled growing up, so I only went to, to school for one year in fourth grade. Other than that, I was, was homeschooled, uh, a combination of my parents and other groups that we were a part of. So that was kind of a real interesting way to grow up it was certainly unique and there were there are a lot of advantages to that and I think a lot of challenges as well and sort of that that's really what built a desire me to kind of go out and experience the world that I was sort of maybe being held back from from the truth or way you know maybe the way I should be living my life so I think that that kind of pent up a lot of energy in me so to speak to to kind of get out there and get going in a lot of different areas Seems like a lot of people go nuts when they go to college, but I can only imagine uh, you, you know, not being in school at all and then being basically set free, so to speak. Right. Yeah. Sort of the leash is off. What are you going to do? So nobody to nobody to answer to anymore. So yeah, we started kind of the entrepreneurship story, uh, but I know we're talking about uh, sort of alcoholism, substance addiction, drinking as well, and so that kind of became a part of my my life. Like I. I said earlier, I oscillated between weekend party every night of the week and then, hey, I'm going to be a good student and an entrepreneur and an investor over here. So my mindset has kind of been do, do everything all at the same time. At 100 miles an hour. At 100 miles an hour. Right? <laughs> let's, let's do it all. I totally identify with that. That's for sure. Yes, sir. So, uh, yeah, tell us what the house is. That's, that's a pretty damn interesting story. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, the, the cash flow profile, if we could get into the, the details, I guess, didn't match up with what I was told. You know, there's supposed to be a, a, a parking lot rent that was due and that didn't didn't come through. I kind of got into a dispute with a neighbor about that. Um, these places had good rental history, but they had overturned while I had them, both of the properties, the tenants in stay. So I actually had to take some people to court. That was my first experience at that. Yeah, but you, pretty, but you bought two houses by the age of 20. Yeah. Right. So I, I just want to point that out in case. It, anyway, go yeah, ahead. Yeah. yeah, while I was in school, I mean, I thought I could just kind of do this on the side and eventually maybe I'll live in them or, or flip them or do something. But, you know, currently they're rented out. I'm going to receive rental income. They're going to cash flow, at least on paper. And and they did until something, something bad happened, which I don't want to go down the real estate uh, rabbit hole, but. I mean, that's kind of what, if you're in single family residential, that that's certainly a risk that you're going to run. That makes sense. Yeah. So it was all, it was great until it wasn't right. It was great until something happened and you certainly need to have a plan or some other cash flow. And so I, at this time, I mean, I don't, I don't even have a job, right. I'm, I'm giving plasma two days a week to buy beer. I've done the same damn thing. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. You know, I do. Absolutely. You're trying to make it happen. That's what I mean by do everything. I'm trying to live as a, a college student on one one night, as an investor and a landlord on another, and so it just it stacks up. Especially if you don't have, uh, you know, 
lot of experience to sort of back that up. I mean, I'm just literally trying all this stuff for the first time. So, so you kind of, so you bought the houses and, and since they had good rental history, you expected, well, the people are going to stay and continue to pay rent. And then they didn't. Yeah. Then they don't. And during that time I'd gone on that summer and started painting franchise. So I got into another company where I was working, you know, for 80 plus hours a week and, sort of have this real estate in a different city uh, east into Wisconsin and things aren't going well. And I just, I don't really have the time or the wherewithal to, to deal with it. So try to get some new tenants in and, and so forth. And it was, uh, it was tough, you know, I started falling behind on, on rent. So here I'm three, four months without rent in some of the properties. And so, uh, yeah, it got really tough at that point. Yeah, because I guess you, when you when you got into the houses, you, uh, it sounds like you exhausted everything basically, and and you said you weren't really working. So it was like the mortgage doesn't get paid if the rent doesn't get paid. Yeah, that was pretty much the scenario. You know, I did have the other business, uh, but all that money was tied up, and that that business, if you look at the model, really doesn't become profitable till the end. So I wasn't wasn't pulling profit until later in the year. And then kind of in the months in between is where I was the busiest. So I didn't have time to deal with it. Right. Yeah. So those, basically those properties got reclaimed uh, later in the second year, within 24 months, it'd fallen into foreclosure. And I, I worked, uh, you know, with the bank for a while and it just wasn't going to happen. I was like, I got to focus on when you come to, you know, when money's tight, you're going to do the thing that makes, makes you the most money for the least amount of time. So I was at that point, I was going to stick with what I know, you know, where I was living and, you know, just kind of see what happened. Right. I knew I was young. I figured my credit would take a hit and those sort of things, but I was just going to, just going to figure it out. So what happened after that? Yeah, it was, that was, uh, that was, that was kind of a, a devastating thing for me thinking I would already be successful in business. I'd have, uh, you know, real estate, I was getting an early start, right? In the beginning, it was awesome because people were like, oh, dude, that's so awesome. You're so young. You know, you're so driven. You're paying attention to all this. And so, you know, some of that maybe felt good, but that doesn't, feeling good about taking massive action doesn't necessarily give you the skill set that you need to succeed. That's what I've learned since then. So the energy is good, but you, you can't to, uh, probably quote a movie you can't jump into the ring with Ali just because you think you can box like it doesn't work like that so I always thought I could box and so that that's why I did all of that so I don't know how fast you want me to, to to fast forward through this but sort of at that time I had dropped out of school so I wasn't finishing my university degree I continued with with the painting gig I was making money at that about that time, I uh, started dating a young lady, decided we ought, to, we ought to get married, and we're going to do that pretty quick as well. So that was about a, a nine-month lead time on that. This episode of the Successful Life Podcast is brought to you by House Call Pro. Whether you're looking to streamline your operations, reduce paperwork, or boost revenue, House Call Pro is your all-in-one business solution. Transform your business today with essential tools and support designed to drive efficiency and deliver exceptional customer service. To learn more, click the link in the show notes. Okay. So, so yeah, I can totally identify with that. That's for sure. 
Right. Like, yep. So, so kind of moving, moving quickly through the chapters, right? I'm doing one thing that didn't work. So here I am, I'm going to do another thing. Uh, you know, maybe marriage is the answer for my life. And so that's what I'm going to do. And, you know, fast forward through that, we did a, a lot of uh, exciting things during that time period. We had gone on a long trip around America. That was a lot of fun. Uh, we also worked out at a ranch in Colorado. Uh, that was great. That was kind of went back to the, the entrepreneurial side where I was able to serve people and, and work hard, you know, maybe make some bonus money. Now I'm in a different state. You know, I'm feeling good about everything again. Uh, we came home from that, spent about six months out there, and it was, it was really kind of kind of back, back to the grind in terms of what I could find for work. And about that time, we had, you know, some serious serious relationship issues in terms of, you know, trust and me taking responsibility for finances and, and providing and having a place. So without, you know, going through all the, all the details on that, basically I found myself – we're, we're going to split up, you know, this isn't going to work out for us anymore. We're getting divorced. So I had that, that hanging over my head combined with the foreclosure. I had some unsecured debt. We talked previously, I hadn't filed taxes on that business for two years. So I had that, you kind of an unknown question mark figure uh, from the IRS in terms of money I was going to owe in, in back taxes, penalties, and those sort of things. So uh, that was that was really the the low point for me. How much was that? Well, it was, it was two years, and it uh, turned out to be about fifty thousand dollars, as I would find out in the coming months. So not uh, not a not an invoice you want to get when you you don't have a job or any money. <laughs> Absolutely not. Now let's back up for just a second. How long were you How long were you married? I know you said you 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 got married after nine months. How long did you stay married? Yeah, I fast forward a little bit through that. Uh, that was just over two years. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah so there's a two-year two, two year time period where I'm still working, you know, in my own business, uh, doing painting gigs, and then also, you know, moving to Colorado, doing some stuff out there, and then kind of coming back to, to decide that uh, this wasn't going wasn't gonna to work. So what the hell did you do? Okay, now you're sitting there. You don't, you don't really have a job. 50 grand in debt by the, for the IRS, which, you know, I don't even think, I'm pretty sure you can't write the IRS off. How the how, did you wind up paying that off? How, how the hell does that work? Yeah. So to, to kind of bring us up to current day, that was about 10 years ago in January, 2009. Okay. And I had, I had no place to live, right. Cause we we're going to split up. So we weren't staying together anymore. The, I had the debt, the IRS that you talked about, no income coming in. Also didn't have a working vehicle and it was just, uh, that was kind of my, my make or break do or die moment where I decided I'm going to take control of my life. I'm going to try to move forward one step at a time, even if I don't know what the next step is, or, you know, I'm going to kind of devolve into this, this spiral of the life that, uh, that I've created for myself. So that, that was my rock bottom in terms of, of choosing choosing the path of, of self-development and, and moving forward. So, I mean, that, that's really the decision that, that brought me here to today. But piece by piece, I, I figured things out. We went, I came back and went, went to school uh, in Wisconsin. So I had that in terms of something to do every day. I uh, started working again shortly after that. I did get that amount. I did a couple things to reduce it. I committed to a, a payment plan. Uh, with the IRS 
people tell a lot of horror stories about them. I did at that time spend a lot of time on the phone with them, uh, figuring out, you know, kind of what had happened over the last two years and then filing all the documents, schedule C's and so on. And they, the good news was it was a local office. It wasn't, uh, you know, in DC or anything. It was a local office here in Wisconsin and they accepted my, basically my submission and agreed to a monthly plan. Uh, I knew that was going to be tough because I was in school, but again, I was willing to work and, and hustle, do whatever I had to do. So I just said, Hey, I have to, I have to attack this now, even if, even if it's not convenient or it's never going to go away. Right. You know, what happens if you don't pay a debt that big to the IRB? I don't know. Are there legal ramifications? I don't know. I'm not sure they can lock you up. I'm sure there's things in terms of wage garnishment. I know, you know, I got a pile of nasty letters, kept getting them. And finally they called me and I called them back and just said, I got to deal with this. Uh, so I, fortunately I didn't find out. So I, I don't know the answer to that question. I always wonder because, you know, you see people that get in trouble for, you know, I guess tax evasion, which I don't know if that would be considered tax evasion. I, but I don't really know what, I don't know. Is it? Yeah. Usually it's, it's, uh, usually it's, it's financial ramifications, you know, they can go after your assets and wages and so forth. There's even a, I was just reading in Forbes yesterday. There's a, a guy that used to be a, a multi-billionaire that uh, essentially got a judgment against him for like $3.2 billion just for a, for a tax case. So they, they really went after this guy. You Ooh. can go read about it, but it's, it's certainly a fascinating case in terms of a, sort of a fall from greatness or what we would consider uh, extreme wealth here in the Western world, all, all around an SEC and an IRS, you know, tax, tax evasion type case. Um, but as far as I know, they, no, there wasn't prison time involved in those sentences. So I, I definitely wasn't looking at anything like that. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know. I just say I, I had no idea. Yeah. You have to, uh, to ask around and find out. <laughs> yeah. So, um, okay, um, fast forward a little bit and let's go to, um, I guess the next step would be around 2015, right? Yeah, so in between that time, I had gone back, worked a variety of, of different things, but got myself into a corporate career in information technology. So I work with systems, large-scale enterprise systems uh, in corporate environments. And at that time, Found, you know, found myself here. I'm getting my getting my energy back. You know, paying off some debts and rebuilding my credit, I'm rebuilding my career. Uh, you know, but I'm still I'm still drinking. We were talking about the alcohol thing, so that, that was kind of a a constant thread through this whole thing at different times in my life. And so here I was able to you know find myself with people who drink on a Tuesday night and so forth. And so that was just a, a major part of my life, much more than I was willing to admit or wanted it to be. Uh, through that time. And so I kind of had a couple wake up calls. I, I did start dating again. I was dating a girl who'd later, later become my wife. And also, as I told you, a wake up call from my buddy, his kids, kids kind of noticing how much, you know, why does, why does uncle Caleb always have a beer, that sort of thing. So um, a couple of events sort of wake up calls from my, my friends and family just really really touched me and kind of woke me up to, you know, what kind of control this had over my life. So what did you do? Uh, you know, what did you do about the, the, the drinking? Like what steps did you take to, you know, move past that? 
Well, I just said I'm done on, on April 13th, a Monday night. I just kind of packed up all my stuff and gave it to my buddy. Bottles of booze, wine, whatever. I just said to get this out of here. This is it. I'm going to make a make a run at this. And also around the same time, as soon as I started talking about this, you know, we were talking uh, before you recorded here and said people were essentially betting against me saying, hey, you know, I bet you $200, you're not going to make it six months, you know, kind of a, a sarcastic, which is very, very much my style, right? Giving, giving people shit all the time and talking tough and, and that sort of thing. So I thought, oh man, well, you're the biggest drinker of all. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to make it. This is a safe bet. So uh, I ended up, that was, that was four or five different people, different bets, you know, cash and prizes. So I actually ended up collecting all that within uh, the first six months and one year time period. So that, you know, as we were saying, that was kind of a push over the edge in terms of, uh, you know, I'll show these people what's up. Uh, more so than it was, you know, a support group or anything. I really just had had my fam- friends and family and a belief that whatever sobriety would bring would be better than what drinking would bring. That is for sure. Yeah, that is for sure. So the reason I had asked Hill the question was because he had, I asked him if he had gone to AA and, and he said that was not the route he took. And at, by this point, uh, the people that are listening are going to understand that, you know, I've taken a different route in my life since July, you know, of last year or 2018. And so Caleb's one of the, I don't know, fourth, fifth or sixth person that I've talked to out of like the last 10 people that have not been affiliated with AA, which is really strange for me because most people I talk to, or at least most people I've ever talked to that's sober, that's where they've gone to get sober. And so it's really interesting to find people that have not taken that route and that have still made it. And we went on to talk a little bit more about like the subconscious mind. and, and, And for me, I feel like there's programming involved with by saying you know i am an alcoholic i am the most the two most powerful words in the whole english language and if you continually say i am whatever if i am cold you know i am sick or i am tired or i am tired of being broke all that shit is will manifest into reality you know and so by saying i am an alcoholic same situation you know Yeah, absolutely. My comments around that would be really from the beginning. I, I never identified myself as an alcoholic. People say, oh, hey, you want a drink? Or, you know, people at family function hand you a beer and it's like, no, I don't drink. Not, oh, I'm an alcoholic. I'm addicted to all this. So there, there's a couple of things about that I think that are important. And the point I brought up earlier is that what you resist persists. So in a way of saying I'm I'm an alcoholic or I'm in recovery, you're drawing attention to the actual thing that you are trying to not do. Mm-hmm. So you, you are resisting and, and maybe that'll, that'll persist, right? That'll continue to be your thought pattern. Whereas if I say I don't drink, like I've gone weeks, probably months with that without thinking about a, a, a drink, like a beer like even a bottle or what it tastes or anything. I, I bet I've gone months because I'm so rewired in terms of what I'm into now and what I'm thinking about. 
How did and you? Then, that's now. That's years later. But that started, as you said, as our conversation is going at the subconscious level. So at some point in the beginning, I had to rewire and say, I don't drink. And then that flows out into the rest of your life. That seed is what actually results in you not grabbing this. That's right. And the continuance of that is just a really, the seed grows into a tree, right? In your mind. It's all here. It's not, oh, I can't, you know, do that. If you don't fix your mind, your body's never going to do what you want to. Exactly. You know, because like, uh, you know, I think, I think it was Joe Rogan said, you know, your mind is the, he said, your mind is the something, your body is the troops. Um, but essentially saying that, like, just to your point, like, everything stems from the brain. Everything, everything we do, our actions, our movements, everything, everything. And so, you know, we talked a little, a little bit, we didn't go deep into Joe Dispenza, but what's been your experience with, with uh, Joe Dispenza? Have you, you've read his stuff or listened to it or whatever, correct? Yeah, just, just the, just the rewiring concept is, is I think crucial, you know, what, what he brings around that. So I listened to him on, on Ed and yeah. I've actually got uh, a recording of the, the live event that he did that I've yet to, uh, to go through. I consume an awful lot of content, but, He's sort of a new voice in terms of, you know, what you hear about just positive talk and, you know, there's so much out there. What do you listen to? But that, that kind of sort of idea that you can, you can rewire uh, the patterns that have been driving you, that that's really been a focus for me lately. Absolutely. You know, I, since I learned about him, do you know his story? Do you know his whole story? No. Holy shit. Well, I'll give you a, the, the the reader's digest version of it. He got hit. He was on a bicycle and he got hit by a Bronco going like I don't know, seventy miles an hour. And it oh, pra- wow. yeah, practically broke every bone in his body. It broke his back, broke his neck. I mean he was they they basically not basically, they told him, Look, dude, you're gonna be in a cast, body cast, for the next year so yep. you can heal and he decided he was like, you know, basically, fuck that. I'm not doing that. I'm not getting in a body cast, so I'll, I'll figure it out. The dude goes home and lays uh, on his yeah. on his stomach, and then and, and through his mind fixes every bone in his body. He doesn't move. He does not move from the table. He said every time I would go to rewire whatever uh he said if there was ever if anything ever got interrupted right he said i would go through each process because he was he's a chiropractor so he knows the he knows the bone structure he knows the body and so he said i would go through and mentally visualize fixing each part of my body he said and if it got interrupted i'd start over in nine months, he was working again. In 12 months, that dude was running a fucking marathon or tri- triathlon. 12 weeks. Jeez. That's some shit, dude. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. That, so, shows you, that shows you right there. It's all a physical manifestation, whether you're doing it, you know, with a healthy body or fixing a sick one. Right. It's a, there, there is a physical manifestation to thoughts, and I think – if, if people understood that, it would uh, really 
change some of what they thought about. Of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. So once I heard that, I'm, uh, you know, if, if he can do that, it's kind of like you, we were talking about, you, you said that about something else earlier. So, well, if I could do this, I could sure as hell do that. Well, if he could do all, if he can fix his body after being broken, that many bones broken and all that shit, I can do pretty much anything. Like if I put my mind to it, that's how I have to view things. It's insane. You got yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and I think it goes both ways. We're talking about it in regards to substance addiction and you know, quit, quitting alcohol addiction and drinking. But what, what if we are able to pivot that that same rewiring process and and do creation work with it? For sure, I think that that's fascinating to me. You know, as far as I move into this space like what what could the future hold and it's really about the, the seeds that you're planting in your your subconscious mind every day so that's right no you're exactly right and whatever yeah 100 percent. you know five minutes before you lay down to go to sleep is when you're supposed to start putting um you know good thoughts listen to something that's positive talk about something that's positive you know people go to bed and they say, hey, you know, I had a shitty day, da, 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 and they go to sleep. Well, five minutes, I can't remember why it's five minutes, but there is a, there's some science behind this, that five minutes before you lay down is when your subconscious mind starts to kind of, excuse me, kick in, so to speak. And if you go to sleep thinking positive thoughts or thinking about what you're grateful for or thinking about something that, happened that day that you're grateful for thankful for then you're going to wake up in that same state and i think it's wayne dyer who broke kind of broke down and explained all this shit and so every night we listen to it's six minutes long and we listen to you know what i'm talking about no go, go uh, so so it's uh you know he just, he just talks about exactly what i just said it's like you know think about something that happened great today or good today. And, and, you know, don't go to bed thinking about how shitty your day was because then you're going to wake up having a shitty day. It really does work. We do it every single night, period. Every night. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Are you familiar with David Meltzer? Yes, but I've never listened to anything about him. I think. Sure. You, you could listen to, to some of his talks or he's got a podcast, a book as well. And a lot of what he talks about is, is, is a little bit like Joe Dispenza in terms of identifying the subconscious. And so his, his claim or one of his focuses is that when you're sleeping, that that's the only time that you really get to input and have a connection to your subconscious. Right. You know, at, at an actually a cellular level, communicate with the subconscious and the brain. So, that seems to support exactly what you were just talking about. And that's like the pre, you know, maybe that five minutes is the preload for your subconscious. So you, you can, you can look them up, but it's, it's part of the same conversation. So is that him? Can you see that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You got him. So he'll, if you hear any of his, his speeches or, or things, he'll talk about, he's one of the only people I've heard say this, that he has worked to structure his life, uh, around routine so there's a lot of that I mean that's very popular right now having a morning routine evening routine is what we're talking about but 
Um, he's talking about having a sleep coach and sort of structuring the, the sleep that he does get to be super productive and to be the right, you know, it's not 10 hours or anything, but no. to, to make the most out of the sleep that you do get. And so I, I've, lately I've found that very, very fascinating. And what, what we do before and during sleep that's, that's programming that subconscious and how do we influence that, you know, sort of to get, to get where we're going with that. Absolutely. Have you ever I, heard I don't, of the song? I don't, claim, I don't claim to have any strategies. I'm just consuming like you are and trying to trying to figure this out because I'm fascinated. Yeah. So have you ever heard of Sean? I actually don't know his last name, but it's, uh, the Model Health Show. Oh yeah, I've listened to uh, to some of that. I was just looking through that yesterday. All right. So he's he wrote a book called Sleep Smarter. Yep. I listened to it on audiobook. God. I mean, he really enlightens me. I mean, he, he opened my mind up to, you know, like the, how dark the room is, what goes on in the bedroom, what does not go on in the bedroom, as far as looking at your phone or computer or screens and um, what else? Shit. I mean, there's a whole list of stuff that I've personally incorporated into my sleep habits and, and it's, made a huge difference. Like people say you need eight hours sleep. You don't, that's a bunch of shit. You don't need eight hours sleep. Right. You need six hours sleep. So I've, I usually get six hours sleep, whatever time that is. I'm better off if I go to bed and I'm like, try, I'm like falling asleep at 10 o'clock and I get up at four. That's my best time. But that gets thrown off and then it gets hard. It, then you get out of whack, right? And then for me, it perpetuates into now I'm up to 11 and now I've got to figure out, you know, so the point is, is that if you go to bed between 10 o'clock PM and two o'clock AM is the time when your body replenishes itself with all the, uh, um, like growth hormone, um, shit i'm kind of i'm i'm for I'm, i forget all the shit that it does but essentially the regenerative part of your of your body that's when it regenerates all the good shits between 10 p.m and 2 a.m so if you're not wow. going to bed till 1 a.m well now you've you've missed out on half more than half of the you know your restorative sleep that's kind of i think that's the word i was looking for it's a great this guy's really he knows his shit yeah, that's awesome. It's really cool. It's really cool. I listened to his book on Audible a couple of times now. It's really cool. I mean, that up. structured, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Right down to, like, the red, uh, on a, if you, I don't know if you've got an alarm clock. Most people probably don't. But even if you did, the red, you know, the red, that even will, it fires something in your brain that will keep you awake. Which is crazy sounding because it's fucking alarm clock but yeah he makes valid points he makes some really valid points you should well, definitely check him out dude he's you know you wouldn't know it by listening to him talk but he's he's a pretty smart dude yeah absolutely i was looking for for more things around that you know sleep uh i got a, a new baby now so sleep has kind of been all over the place oh i bet yeah, but so I was looking for ways to to make it better, to make it more effective. Um, yeah. Well, that guy, like I said, Sleep Smarter is the name of the book. I would check it out if I were you. I th I think it's a gr great, 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 great book. 
Yeah, awesome. Absolutely, man. Yeah. So, um, all right, my man. Well, let's, I guess let's wrap up. And uh, if you want, tell obviously you can tell people where they can find you. One and two. Um, well, I think I just lost my train of thought. Um, all right. I... Well, first things first. You can find me on Instagram is probably the best spot. So I don't know if you're going to put a a link in there, uh, your show or whatever, but it's, it's Caleb C A L E B underscore Arthur A R T H U R Caleb Arthur on Instagram. Perfect. So, um, unless you have anything else to add, we can just, we'll wrap up and rock and roll, brother. Yeah, no, thanks for uh, letting me share my story and everything you're doing. Uh, definitely interested in, in what you're doing going forward and see how I can, uh, be of service to you and your mission, you know, Love it and uh, enjoyed hearing your story and chatting with you. Dude, absolutely. I appreciate you spending, you know, the amount of time, whatever, however, how long it's been with me, you know, out of your day, especially, I mean, I know you're working and you got a small kid. So I am very grateful that you did that for me. I appreciate it. Yeah, this is the fun stuff, right? This is uh, this is connection and met so many cool people like yourself and it's led to, to other meetings and networks. So uh, yeah, this, this is like the highlight of my life is to be able to, to chat and hopefully uh, add some value and hear, hear about, you know, your value here. We're going to improve our sleep. So looking yeah, forward to that. Absolutely. If I can, I don't know if you have audible or not, but if I can, I'll, uh, if you'll send me your number on, on Instagram, I'll see if I can send you that book. Sometimes it allows me to send people books uh, for free. Yeah, I'll send it to you. I think that's only if they uh, they haven't got it yet. But uh, you're probably right. Give it give it a shot. I got credits, dude. It's no big deal. There you go. All right. Well, definitely check it out, dude. All right, my man. Well, thank you so much. Have an awesome day, evening. Appreciate it, brother. Talk soon. All right. Thank you. You got it, brother. I want to thank you again for tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. If you have not already subscribed, please do. And look, if you really enjoyed today's episode, email me at SuccessfulLifePodcast at gmail.com and tell me what it was you enjoyed. And if there's somebody that you want me to bring on, then email me about that and tell me who it is. And... I'll make sure it happens. So, you know, leave us a review, tell a friend, and until next time, folks, have a good day. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into the Successful Life Podcast. We hope today's insights have ignited your passion and provided tools to shape your leadership journey. Remember, greatness is a journey, not a destination. Continue your pursuit by exploring more resources and insights over at CoreyBarrier.com. Until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and keep striving for excellence. Stay inspired and see you on the next episode.